Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You sit behind a desk as a news anchor. This would be kind of full body shots in the studio, lots of different angles. I said, Yeah, I'm aware. And he said, Es würde Leute geben, die würden sich fragen, was tut so ein fetten Arsch im Fernsehen? Which means, <laughs> <laughs> as he circled around me, he said, there would be people who would ask themselves, what is such a fat ass doing on television? Wow. And that was the end of my opportunity there because he basically quashed it. And I, you know, at the time you always look back now and you think, man, like as the woman I am now, I would handle that moment so very differently. Yeah, yeah. But at the time, I just felt kind of in shock that somebody could speak to me in that way. Not even just like as a female, just on a human level, it felt very insulting to me. I was probably thicker then than I am now, but I just, I didn't know how to handle the moment. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Crack Podcast. What up, what up, what up, what up? The Crack World, what's going on? You're on with your host, Mauricio Mookie Wilson, coming out of New York City. I'm so glad to be joined by my boy, Higuchi Onyewu. What's going on, Big Europe? What's up, peoples? What up, people? What time is it there? Uh, Four o'clock, baby, 4 p.m. Happy hour. Uh, must be nice. Uh, what, what time is it in Europe, Gooch? Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you, you know, you know, it's the nice brisk hour of 10 p.m. Every show, he try to make us feel bad, you know? Right? Sorry, and, Gooch, you know, for, for taking your, your, your evening away to talk to us. And it's somebody okay. who's, who's taking his vacation away and making time for us, let's give a big round of applause for Mr. Demarcus Beasley, please. What it do? What up, what up, what up? Oh, man, what, what, part, what country are you coming from, man? Is it Sweden? Um, me? Nah, is it, is it Ecuador? Me dude? You. <laughs> this dude said Ecuador. <laughs> Ethiopia? Where are you, man? <laughs> why you got why you got called busy <laughs> from, from Ethiopia? <laughs> Yo, hey, was you was you there at that time with the U twenties? When the dude thought I was from U, uh, U, uh, Ethiopia? The track you look, team. Like, you, you look like one of them track runners. Look at you still. <laughs> I'll never forget that story, yo. I think we was in Argentina. Were we in Argentina? In the mall? That was for the... for the. Yeah! I do yeah. remember that. I, yeah, now you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> can, can we all hear about this story that you guys are talking nah, about? No, I mean, no, nah, it ain't even going to be funny now that I tell the story. So, dude, just, no, long story short, dude thought I was um, an Ethiopian uh, runner in the Olympics. Cross, cross-country <laughs> runner. <laughs> How's that not funny? Yo, he was dead. He, Yo, he was dead ass serious too. He thought I was an Ethiopian track star. I thought you was too the first time I saw you. So, you know, <laughs> can't blame him, man. What up? What's good, Move? Fellas, how are you feeling? Um, beautiful, beautiful show today. We have on, um, to me, the best broadcaster in uh, the U.S. region in any sport. We have Kate Abdul, who's, uh, who's basically, um, you know, not only a phenomenal commentator, but she also has bossed Goose around and basically Burt Boots 
Burp Gooch and this whole she burped me. She burped me. She burped me. <laughs> burped, burped. No, I burped him. She burped him. You know what I mean? So we have a lot to talk about. Again, we want to bring you guys um, just a different flavor of people who are part of this soccer network and this eco. What is it called? Ecosystem Gooch. I mean, if you want, that's your word. Buddy. And she and she plays a huge she plays a huge part in it. And um, if you don't know who she is, uh, you will definitely remember as soon as you see her on uh, on the crack. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests, events, with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, Major League Soccer, NFL, NBA. La Liga, EPL, NHL hockey, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BLEAV50. That's B L E A V number 50. To receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit, bet online where the game starts. But uh, fellas, I want to get a little conversation with you, man. Um, you know, Arsenal is a great team, great club. And, Since when? Uh, you know, obviously we had a lot of transfers um, this market, but uh, this one transfer I want to talk to you guys about. Since you guys are now former players and now executives, uh, what do you feel about Ronaldo? who is in his upper years, the upper room, his upper years. And uh, if you were executive, upper room, if you were executive <laughs> at Manchester United, would you bring him back at this time in 2002, 2003 season? It's, it's 2022, 2023, by the way, just to let you know. No, 2022, 2023. You, you said 2000, you said 2002. Oh, that's why I'm, I have you here, B. Hold me there. I appreciate that. Goose, let me hear you, man. What's up? I I mean, if I was an exec at Man United, he was the best performing player on that squad last year. One one of the oldest. I don't know if he was the oldest or one of the oldest, but the rumors are he doesn't want to be there because they're not playing Champions League. Um, if I'm Ronaldo, I you know, in my caliber, in his caliber, I you know, I don't I don't fault him for that because he still has the level for Champions League. He's still performing, still hitting those numbers. He might not you know, be defending as much as he used to be, but this man is still a threat. He's still dangerous and he can still perform on that highest level. So I feel him. Um, and the last thing I heard was that they, they're willing to loan him uh, to a team for Champions League this year, but he said he wants to go. So I don't know. Um, if I was Man U, I'd try to keep him, um, but not if it's going to cause a cancer within the, the group which I hope he doesn't become one, but we'll see. I mean, look, I feel that um, the reason why – and he still oh, – I'll say this. He, he scored a lot of goals. He was a main goal scorer last year, obviously. But he didn't fit into um, uh, Ralph's system. You Ralph's know, system. that high press – yeah, high, I can't – sorry, I don't, I don't remember his uh, last name. Uh, Raffnick, Raffnick or whatever. Um, he didn't fit in that pressing Red Bull-type system. You know what I'm saying? Because he's not going to be running around chasing center backs and trying to, you know, that first reaction when you lose the ball, you got to try to get it back. You know, that's not that's not him. So does he fit in Ten Hag's system? It seems so because Ten Hag has came out and said that he wants him to play in and well, stay at Manchester United. So 
I get Ronaldo's, just like you said, I get Ronaldo's uh, ambition still want to play in a Champions League. Uh, and I think, I think if he fits in the way that Ten Hag wants to play, then you keep him. You keep him. I think if he would have stayed, if you, if, if Roth Ronick would have stayed at Man United and that with that that type of coach, then he, they would have to let him go because he did not fit his system. That's all. I think it's I think it's more of a system thing more so than for for me. So if he fits in Ten Hag's system, yeah. Well, why not? Why would you not want to go? I think the score? systems don't matter. I think that at the end of the day, his brand, and like Duke said, the level of play he still has that he wants to finish off his career playing Champions League, and I think that um, any competitor especially on the level of Ronaldo, has to kick and scream. And I would sit out if they wouldn't let me go. How well, you, wait, 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 how the hell are you going to sit out at 37, 30, 37 years old? You can't sit me sit out. I will, force, no I will force my way out of there. Yeah, I mean, is that critical? Wait, you would is rather that critical? Risk, is that critical? And I'm not saying, obviously, obviously Ronaldo will go somewhere, but you would really risk your last, a couple of your last years of playing just to pout and say, oh yeah, I don't want to play, I don't want to go. No, but I, I wouldn't risk my last years of playing and playing Europa Conference champion, uh, conference. Um, yeah, but you're doing more than yeah, risking you know, that. You're, you're doing more than risking playing Europa. You're like, one, you're tainting your legacy by being foolish at a club that yeah, you owe a lot to. They don't have to sell you. They, they, have, they have no obligation to adhere to anything he wants to do. But we all know that he's on a very nice salary, right? That's not, that's not the point. That's you not, think, you think Manchester United wouldn't budge if he said, listen, I'm not playing? They would, they would look, say, look, okay, we're not look, selling. Look, look, look what Tottenham did with Harry Kane. This man was – he announced, this is my last – I'm not coming back. I'm not doing this. I'm not – I'm not. how many goals has he scored in preseason now? You know what I'm saying? They're like, no, nah, we're, not, we're not letting you go. It is what it is. Um, and so at the end of the day, this ain't this ain't the MLS where it's like, okay, you're traded tomorrow. You have no say. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Why would you lose a one of back though? To be honest with you, right? I mean, great great player, right? You but just said you were, you just said because you you're back. building something, right? Aren't you building something? It's fresh. Wait, wait, wait. Now, now, now I'm confused. Now I'm confused. Yeah. So you you just said that you would want to stay in Manchester United if you're Ronaldo. Now you're saying you don't. I'm saying Manchester United. Why would you want to keep him? Oh, so now you're you confused. Okay, now are you confused about that word? Yeah. Keep. How do you say that in yeah. Spanish? I, I didn't know. How do you say that in Spanish? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I was confused. Why do you want to keep him? You have a new coach, right? Who has a new voice. You have talent there. You have you have people, and you have and he will clear up a lot of money. Why wouldn't you want to um, sell him, Gooch? The same reason could possibly that Milan is keeping Ibrahimovic. You know, he has an influence outside of jersey sales. Outside of Jersey, I mean, his his person, his legacy, his play. I'm sure he. Dem- it's it's almost like the uh, the Last Dance, you know, the the, the whole documentary with Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. He demands so much out of his teammates, and that's what Ronaldo was demanding out of the Manchester United that he never got last season. You know, he he demanded quality, he demanded uh, consistency. He didn't get that. And I think that any coach would want a player that's that passionate in regards to perfection on his squad. You know, if, like I said, it doesn't turn into a problem and he becomes a cancer because he's not getting what he wants. So it's all just going to have to be uh, understood how he fits into, like, uh, like we said, how he fits into the plans. You know, this whole tra- transfer market is so, like, um, so edgy, right? Because 
you have so many players who are on the frisk and you don't know what to believe or not to believe. And then obviously today in age, the media is ridiculous. Like half the time they throw out names and throw out teams to put them together. And they probably hadn't, hadn't had any conversations, right? Everybody said they had a source. Nobody's talking to anybody. But for you guys, how did you as players deal with the off season? And can you remember at any time in your career where it was very stressful, where you didn't have a club up to the last point signing you, or you felt that maybe coming into the preseason that things are going to change a lot? I mean, I, I mean, I remember the, the the time when I left Rangers and before I went to um, uh, Hanover in the Bundesliga. Um, my and I was free because obviously you know my contract was over at, in, in Scotland, and uh, I went through the whole summer transfer window. And you know, I, I didn't like. There's a lot of uh, Scandinavian teams that uh, that wanted me. There was a couple uh, lower, lower um, uh, Dutch teams that that wanted me as well. But I just wasn't, you know, I wasn't feeling that. Um, I, I I just um, got done playing in the World Cup, and I, I needed a new. I needed somewhere. I needed a new start. But I felt comfortable with the plan, right? So yeah. I mean, I didn't sign. I didn't sign in in, in Germany until. I want to say like the first week of September. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So I, yeah, I was in Miami for a while. Uh, like you said, the, the word the word you you use correctly was stressed. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, and I did it the wrong way. I did it the wrong way. I was I was partying. I I, I really, I, I it, it got to me. You know what I'm saying? That there weren't a, the teams that I wanted to go to. You know, didn't it didn't pan out? And I was just like, man, what, what's gonna happen? Where's my next move? But you know, it's just gonna work out. But I mean, I knew it would, but. You know, it was stressful. So, I mean, I turned, you know, and at that point I didn't really have someone to just go to and, you know, uh, you know, speak to and, and kind of get everything off my chest. You know, I, I just chose to, you know, kind of bury it all and, and go to Miami and spend, you know, three, four, three, four weeks, you know, partying basically, you know what I'm saying? And it wasn't good, but um, yeah, man, I, I remember that situation. I was not at the, that was not one of my highlights of my career. Definitely. And Gooch, what about yourself? Um, I think, when was it? Before I went to England, before the first, uh, the, the, when I went to England, uh, QPR, um, that period I went, uh, I didn't have, a, I didn't have a club in the, in the transfer window. And it was so stressful because, you know, everyone's saying, agents are saying you can sign here, you're getting, you know, rumors here, you're talking to clubs. I think in that period I lost over 10 pounds in stress because um, I remember I went back to France and I was training with FC Mets and I'd weigh myself every day. I lost 10 pounds, looked the same and everything. And I, th I thought the scale was broken. Um, and uh, I was talking to the, the team doctor. He's like, are you stressed? I'm like, I was like, hell yeah, I'm stressed. I don't have a club, you know? <laughs> um, and, <laughs> and, uh, and I didn't realize how stress can affect you in that way. Because it's up until, my, up until that point in my career, I've never had to deal with like, the the lack of security in the transfer yes. window. I always had a club, even, even even if there was rumors of signing here and there, I always had a club, I always had a contract. And the stress of all that just, I was, it, it played its toll. Um, unfortunately, obviously, you know, it worked out, but in that month, two month period, I was like, I was in this limbo and I, I can assure you that no player wants to be there, um, to not have an assurance of, of where they're gonna end up. and and that that doubt in their mind so it, it is stressful you know and that that whole mental 
mental wellness, mental health factor of it plays a toll because, you know, you want to get it resolved as soon as possible. And it's just out of your control. You know, a lot of it is just like how other chips fall will dictate where and how how your chips fall. Do you have a comment to a preseason knowing that they brought in a player to kind of replace you, but you didn't get sold? I mean, I, that happened when I when I uh, tore my PCL in in, uh, in Scotland. Scotland. Um, yeah, Scotland. So it happened in my first my first year. I was you know playing well. Um, you know, I was playing Champions League games and you know playing almost every week right when I first got there. And obviously, uh, tore my PCL. And then um, uh, they needed to you know they needed a replacement. They needed another winger, midfielder, kind of you know kind of player. And and they 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 ended up uh, exchanging, not, well, not exchanging me, but getting, buying another player in the name of, well, sorry, he, he got loaned first to, to Scotland, to Rangers, by the name of Stephen Davis, the great, the great Stephen yeah. Davis. Baller. Uh, yeah, baller. We all know how great he is for Northern Ireland and, you know, top cap uh, player that's ever, you know, played in played in Northern Ireland. Uh, great, great guy, but a baller. You know, he played, he played well. So it kind of, it didn't affect me at the time because um, I was too worried about, you know, my injury trying to get, you know, back fit. But then as you watch him play and you keep going, you keep seeing him. And then after that, after, obviously after that six-month loan that he came to Rangers, they signed him, mm. you know what I'm saying? So now we both, you know what I'm saying? Now I was fit. That So that next year we both fit. And then, you know, it was a battle. It was competition, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, but, yeah, I, I remember that situation. So um, in the beginning I didn't feel away because I understood it. But then as I, you know, I watched on the sidelines and watched this, you know, watch TV, Stevie play. And I'm like, you know, damn, you know, I got I, I got to step my game up when I get shit. Up. You know, <laughs> yeah, because Stevie, Stevie can play, man. That's like the first time Gooch saw me play. He's like, I got to step my shit up. But listen, <laughs> talking about ballers, I want to introduce to you our guest um, coming all the way from I have no idea because she's traveled so much. But uh, this young lady is the most talented sports broadcasters ever on television. The boss of all broadcasters, sports savant. Let's give it up for Miss Kate Abdo. Kate, uh, it seems like that's nice. Kate, it seems like it seems like Gooch Gooch got nervous when you came on and froze up. So, uh, so uh, Gooch, you have to hang up and come back again, man. Stuck. What I miss. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Kate, thank you so much for joining us, man. Uh, we've been waiting so long to have you on, but you're a busy, 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 busy broadcaster. How you feeling? I've been traveling a bit, yeah. It's nice to be home for a while and just to be able to chill out and, and enjoy the off-season. I love the off-season. <laughs> <laughs> but to my understanding, you really don't have an off-season because you do soccer, you do boxing. I mean, um, we saw yeah, you in the you NFL know, Super Bowl. I saw. Wait, I saw. You, I did not. Didn't, I swear, I saw you on. It was like, what was it Ultimate Warrior Channel? Wait, what's that show called? <laughs> what's your okay, Ninja Warrior? Beastmaster. How the Ninja you? Warrior. That's what it is. Wait, what was it called, Kate? Ultimate Beastmaster. <laughs> Ultimate <laughs> Beastmaster. Yo, I was hey, straight up. I was changing the channel because. I was, my, I, was, I was at my parents' house, and we're my, and my mom. She loves that uh, that Ultimate Warrior beast, you know that that show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we know they do obstacles and all that stuff, right? So I'm turning, and I and I swear I heard, I, you know, your voice is is very significant. So I was like, I was like, wait, is that Kate? I was like, nah, that can't that can't be. So I told, I was like, wow, she's she does Ultimate Beast Championship or whatever it's called. I was like, <laughs> you, was you literally do everything. 
It was fun to do. I mean, boxing doesn't take up that much of your time because it's intermittent, right? So it just depends when there's a fight. I don't have a fight until September. And then I have a couple. I got the Canelo Triple G one, which will be dope because it's wow. a big one. That's the big um, one. When was, your, when was your last boxing fight? Fury? That's a good question. Not for a while. Um, Fury, it right? DAZONE. Which one? Uh, the Wilder. Last year? No, I think since then I did AJ Usyk, the first one that was in London. Um, Cause that Fury Wilder one, that was, was that October last year? I yeah, mean, yeah, that was a while was, ago. But yeah. A lot of drama with that one, Kate. I, I don't oh, see you on the headlines. That fight, that was <laughs> one a lot of, of drama. <laughs> now, were you, you weren't scared at the, you know, being in between those two giant human beings who are going after each other or talking that ish? And you, no, and is it weird that I kind of enjoy that? This is for the fa- this is for the families. This is for the families. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean it in that kind of a way. There's just something about that like raw aggression that I really enjoy. Hold on, you, you, you really oh. sounding like you mean it in that kind of way. No, uh-uh. <laughs> Bees, no. I'm getting a little different vibe from Gooch. Gooch is usually What's trying that? to get everybody oh, to spill the to beans I don't know to, you know to end their career. And he's telling Kate, this is for the family. And he's being real nervous. His internet is all choppy. <laughs> Gooch, what the hell is going on? You see what they, you see what they do? They try to show don't off. Don't, people don't say on. they. Don't say they. Bees, you with me. Bees, come, come from behind the car. They got us, Bees. They got us. Such a hater. So, so Kate, listen, man, you've worked in the UK, Spain, France, Germany, now the US. Um, yeah. We have to do it for the people who don't know, but this gives a little bit about your journey, um, where you're originally from. And also, did you play soccer growing up, football growing up? No, a lot of people assume that I did, but I never played soccer. And I don't really ever feel like that was an opportunity for me at that time. I think America, the game has been open to women a lot yes. longer than it has in Europe. And so when I was growing up, girls did not play soccer at school. Sure. That, that wasn't an option. It is now. Yes. And my dad, who was a, both my parents were physical education teachers. Wow. And my dad's a massive football fan. My mom's also a massive football fan. But they never considered playing soccer with me. They did everything else with me. I, I always did. Did you want to play soccer? No. No, I just never really considered it. I, I don't know why that wasn't something within me. So no, I never pushed for it either. And I, I always just accepted that when my dad and my brother went to Old Trafford, that was their thing. That was yes. the boys thing. Yeah. And, and I just wasn't really part of that. It, it wasn't open to me. I think probably now if my dad had me now, it, it kind of in, in this climate, mm-hmm. he would do things differently especially having seen kind of like the career I've, I've had with football, but at the time it just wasn't his mindset, you know? How do you feel about that? I don't feel any kind of way. I think I was always excited. So the first time I worked for Fox was in 2015 for the Women's World Cup, and it was really my first exposure to women's soccer at that level. Um, and I think it was just super exciting to me to see how an American network would go big on the women's game like that. Because again, that, that really has come around so recently in, in Europe that they even pay attention to it and put it on the big networks and really make a big deal of the Euros or the, or the World Cup. And so I was just kind of excited to see, oh, in America, there's kind of a different mentality, I think around maybe women in sport in general, but particularly around soccer and the women's game. Definitely. And, and it was just kind of exciting to see how different it could be and how different the approach could be. And I, it felt very cool to be part of that. 
I got a quick question uh, coming back because I, I forgot that you did the Women's World Cup in 2015. What do you think, because you've done now both men's football and women's football, what's the biggest difference when you're, I guess, speaking on it? Or is there a difference when you're watching and speaking on it? Hmm. That's interesting. Um, you know, again, I think my mentality has changed on that since I've been in America, because I think that um, I always assumed from being in the UK that women's soccer was for a female audience mm -hmm. and that there wouldn't be any kind of crossover interest from the men's side. And having worked at Fox and done those big events and, and done the shows around them, I, I think I felt like I wasn't just communicating to a female audience that were into soccer because either they played it or because they loved seeing women represented in sports. I think I just, I felt like, okay, this is just of, in, of interest for the nation. It's of interest for people. Um, and, and that is really different somehow. I, I, maybe that's changed now in the UK and I probably can't speak fairly to that, but um, I forgot what the original question was, Gooch. Uh, my original question was, when you're speaking on a, a oh, football the game, difference? the difference between the men and the women, if there is. Yeah, I don't know that there is. I, I think that, you know, one of the things that is cool to me is seeing the games treated equally. I know that there are physical differences in the game and there's, there's differences when you watch the game being played. But I, I think that that's one of the things that we've made progress since football treated equally. It's exciting to me to see male broadcasters speaking on the women's game. Um, I think there's a place for that, the same as I think that there's a place for women broadcasting in the men's game and having an, an opinion on that because they've played the game and it doesn't matter that you've played the women's game, you've still played the game of football, in my opinion. Um, and, and so, no, I don't really think that there is a perceivable difference. Do you? I've never spoken on a women's game. I, like you said, <clears throat> there's a... A physical difference is obviously a, a, a change of pace. There's a difference mm -hmm. in pace, but I think you know, uh, especially in the uh, when, when was the the World Cup, the Women's World Cup in in, in France, the last one they had, yeah. was 2019, 2019. I was I, I was waking up, I was watching those games, and this was like the first time I was like watching women's mm -hmm. football World Cup and like excited and just the mm -hmm. the U.S. U.S. games. It was other countries playing. I was like. I was like, okay, okay. It's uh, you know, because I, ten years ago, I probably wouldn't have found myself even been interested in doing that. Whereas now, okay. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is, uh, no, this is, this is, this is nice. Yeah, I think uh, definitely the women's game has changed immensely, right? And we, not saying our age, but we all come from the same generation, and it was totally different back when we were growing up. Um, as you see now, the women's Barcelona team. Uh, I think they had like what over sixty-two thousand in the stadium. Right. Um, the Euros, two thousand twenty-two. The, the stadiums have been full. Um, the coverage has been good. Um, but I do, I do think there's a difference. Uh, as a person who coached women's and the and the and the men's side, there is a difference a little bit, right? And do you believe that women's sports can be popular, especially here in the states? Um, because I look at the NBA and WNBA how basketball is so huge, but the WNBA struggles to really make an impact in, mm. in the world of sports. And I find that individual women's sports do better, like tennis and golf. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, I'll be honest, I'm going to be totally honest. I, it's hard for me to watch women's soccer. Not that I don't appreciate it, that it's different. It's slower. It's a different type of strategy. And um, just like basketball, 
it's, it's, it's not like, exciting for me to watch. Um, do you feel that women's soccer, particularly in WSL, can be successful and be a major player in the, in the States? It's a tough question, right? Because I think that it's always the chicken and the egg, and, and, and which comes first. And I think that media has a responsibility mm -hmm. to, to kind of to create that platform. And probably one of the reasons that Gooch finds himself suddenly, you know, watching a Women's World Cup, whereas, you know, a few years earlier he may not have done that, is probably because of the push that it gets from mainstream media and it kind of hypes up that general interest and that affects all of us I think I also understand coming from a TV you know kind of background and perspective that it has to make sense and you can only kind of give the the budget and the 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 room to a sport that really is going to draw in the, the audience for you and so I think that it's a tricky one for media to get the balance right but I think that the more that you give the platform to women's sport and the more you make that push the more it will generate for you but it's always hard because initially you're investing in something that doesn't necessarily give you give you back what you've put into it um i i don't know i think that definitely you're right about individual sports i think kind of so much of us so much of sports fandom is around stars and, mm. and that's kind of maybe easier within the you know the individual sports like a tennis or, or a golf, but you know, even boxing, which is an individual sport, I think that the women are still kind of the platforms that are given a much lesser. And, and it's weird to see somebody like Jake Paul coming in and deciding to really push the women's sport and make sure that he's co-headlining always with a female fighter and shine that light on them. And I think it takes for action like that, for somebody to come in and shine a light on something even if it won't necessarily be financially profitable for you at that time. I, I don't know if it will ever be equal um, because I'm guilty of it too, right? I'm a woman who probably tends to watch more male sports. That's just what I gravitate towards. Um, but at the same time, I went to an Angel City game not that long ago with Leslie Osborne, who's a friend of mine, and she was in town. So we yeah, I love Leslie. Um, so we went to an Angel City game, and it was cool to me to see just kind of how – how intense the fan base was and how a women's soccer team can launch just what however many weeks or months ago and and be able to draw that kind of audience and, and communicate and kind of relate to the the community it's in um and so i think there's massive potential there i think <laughs> girls are, are more and more prone to getting into sports to watching sports it's culturally we've shifted from where we were 20 years ago when i never thought that soccer was something i i was really that was open to me and and now you know we're in such a different place so yeah i think it can get that i don't think it will ever be equal probably you, i think certain you, go on now i was going to ask in terms of that equality statement do you think it's better to have a push to be equal or to be equitable, whereas the women are given the opportunity to get there, whether they do or not, you know, the focus is not saying, oh, they have to have the same amount of interest as the men, because like you said, that's going to take time. It's going to take investment, but given the opportunity to get there more so in an equitable way. Gucci always throws me with his big, like, philosophical. <laughs> he took one master's class. All of a sudden, he took one master's class. All of a sudden, yeah. He tried. Uh, spell out what you mean by the difference there. So, uh, how, so, I mean, so how does so, that really it, work in real terms? Yeah. So, my, so when someone says equal, I'm, I always ask them, what does that mean? Right? Because, like, me and B is, are we equal? No. I'm twice his size, whatever. But we were given, 
or allotted equal right. opportunity. She, 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 laughed, she laughed at that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it. Okay, I saw you. <laughs> you did but, chuckle. But I, she chuckled. Damn. I, I would say in the bigger scheme of things, we were allotted the equal opportunity to be successful in certain aspects. So okay. I'm saying when I say equitable, saying give them the platform to be able to get to some kind of heights, whether that height is equal or getting there or not, you know, is not really the focus, but the focus should be on them progressing to a point that, you know, they're, they're, they're content with, I guess. Bees? I think that's fair. I think it all depends on what, how you measure, like where you're getting to, right? What, what's success? So if it's, tennis or, or I don't know, boxing, and you're looking at wages and wage structure, is it enough to just say, well, you have the same platform to succeed, you can get the same sponsorship deals, etc. But you're not being paid the same if you win. I, I think that there has to be, I don't know if just saying, oh, here, you all have the same platform to succeed. That can apply in so many different areas of life where it doesn't really work out that way, whether it's because no. you're of your gender, of your race, of your sexuality, like whatever it is. When, when I say platform, I mean, I mean, level of support as well. Like when I say it just doesn't mean like go there, be like, OK, marketing is pushing you there. You know, the, all the support structure around you is equal or equitable. That, that's the equal part. And then after that, you know, give them the chance, give them the chance, the opportunity for success, like give them a fair chance for success i think that's sense. great but then who takes the loss financially who pays for that support and all that structure to be in place the same, the same people that did like for example when the mls was starting like they lost money for years mm. years years and so like you said somebody has to be invested somebody has to take that hit somebody has to understand that they're going to take that hit and it, it's happened in other sports i'm just saying like it's definitely starting to happen with the women there's Every year there's, there's a new franchise and, and you know, you, and Bees knows as any franchise, you, you don't go in it thinking you're going to go in the green, you know, at the mm -hmm. end of the year, you, you, you take your losses hoping to build afterwards and to, to build value and your valuation grows. And so I think that now more so in the women's game, investors, whether they're female or male, they're saying, you know, we want to invest in the game. We want to grow this game, especially in America, because like you said, it was it was open here way before anywhere else. And so mm -hmm. they see the, 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 the prospect of it being even even greater than it has been. Mm hmm. Yeah. yeah, thanks, Gooch. Let's talk about the media landscape. <laughs> All right. You've been grinding. You've been grinding for, for over a decade through many countries, many major networks, different sports. Uh -huh. You know, I really, really tip my hat to you because you didn't have anything easy, right? And you study the game, you study the culture. Um, but now, <clears throat> you know, ESPN has made a, a huge, huge, huge effort to make sure that they have women um, broadcasters and commentators on male sports. Um, mm. You know, do you feel like, damn, if I was coming to the game now, I would have shot right to the top uh, a little bit quicker uh, you feel like the all the work you've put in all the the the, the, the trailblazing you have done um do you feel that you have support of women and they know that you cleared the path for them no i've never really looked at myself like that and I, I, I don't really think i ever really thought do you know weirdly i i know i've worked hard but i also think i've always been blessed and i've always been been given opportunities that um i i, I 
not that I didn't have to fight for. You always have to fight for something. You always have to prove that you're worthy, right? But I, I've never looked at things and felt like I didn't get that because I was a woman or I didn't get that because of X, Y, Z. So no, I've never really felt like that. I do think that for hey, women- you never felt you didn't get a job opportunity or you didn't get a budget or you didn't get the right preparation at a job because you were not a male? You felt that you always were treated equally? No, I didn't say I felt like I was always treated equally. Okay. But if I'm honest, I don't think I ever missed out on a job because of being a woman necessarily, no. Um, and that's just my personal experience. I'm not saying that that doesn't exist. I think it absolutely exists. I think that women have to prove themselves uh, double what a man has to prove himself within sports, I think, yeah. it, within that arena. Um, I, I definitely think that there is um, there are difficulties for women, and I think that nowadays there is an easier path. Somebody asked me recently, you know, who did you look at? Who was the trailblazer that you looked at? Who was the woman in sports that kind of inspired you? And I realized that there wasn't really one. Um, and, and that's sad, right? That, that, that I didn't kind of see somebody that I wanted to emulate because I think that's so important in life. I think it's really hard to be able to dream something that you can't see. Mm. I think that's why representation is so important. Mm. But um, no, I, I don't feel like personally it has ever been a real issue. For, actually, I'm lying. There was one situation, but I don't feel like it was to do with being a woman per se, but there was one situation where I felt very discriminated against and I felt Speak, speak. Who was it? Who was it? Go on. <laughs> yeah. This is the crap. This is the crap. Now he's coming out. We got Gucci back. We got Gucci back. So it was, I was working at a network in Germany. The first, I was young. This is the kind of the place I started off in television. Sky Sports. I never intended to start in TV. I just kind of fell into it. But I was doing the sports news and there was another kind of branch of the TV network where they had um, more like feature type programming and magazine stuff. It was kind of like fun shows, culture, music, et cetera, et cetera. And I thought that would be kind of cool. And the boss of that kind of side of the network had come to me and said, hey, I'd really like to bring you on. Are you interested? And I said, yes. And he said, okay, but I need you to go to your boss, the head of sports and, and talk to him about that because um, I don't, it's messy. You know, you need to basically request permission. I'm not going to try and poach you. So I said, no problem. So I went, I made an appointment with my boss at the time, a German guy. And um, he, it, he said to me, I was sitting in his office and he was in front of his desk and I'm on this side of it. And he said, um, can I speak openly? When I'd said that I, I was really interested in, in doing the show. And he said, I said, yeah, of course. He said, okay, could you, could you stand up? And so I stood up, <laughs> he kind of walked around me and he said, um, in German, he said, you know that this, this show is, it's not like you're doing currently where you sit behind a desk as a news anchor. This would be kind of full body shots in the studio, lots of different angles. I said, yeah, I'm aware. And he said, es würde Leute geben, die würden sich fragen, was tut so ein fetten Arsch im Fernsehen? Which means, <laughs> as he circled around me, he said, there would be people who would ask themselves, what is such a fat ass doing on television? Wow. And that was the end of my opportunity there because he basically quashed it. And I, you know, at the time you always look back now and you think, man, like as the woman I am now, I would handle that moment so very differently. Yeah, yeah. But at the time, I just felt kind of in shock that yeah. somebody could speak to me in that way. Yeah, yeah. Not even just that, like as a female, just on a human level, it felt very insulting to me. I was probably thicker then than I am now, but I, I just, I didn't know how to handle the moment. And I think that probably 
that's a moment, you know, men aren't used to being sexualized in a way that women are. It just doesn't happen in the same way um, in general terms. And so I think that I just didn't know how to respond at the time. So maybe I missed out on that one opportunity, but God has blessed me in many you, other different ways. Did you just ways. let it go? Did you just let that go? And it was there was no there was no HR back then that you got to report. That, you, know? <laughs> you know, I didn't even think about that. There probably was HR there. I never even thought about it. I just I had a very kind of laissez-faire attitude at the time. I mean, I was like 20 something. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was trying anything that came my way. And very quickly after that, I actually got offered an opportunity at CNN and I was like, okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) And so um, I was out there. Yeah, I did. I dropped it. I remember telling a couple, it became like a funny story to me. And, you know, now if a young woman came to me and said, this has happened, this, somebody said this to me, my boss said this to me, what should I do? My advice would not be, oh, just like laugh it off. It's whatever. I, I, I would think that you should handle it differently. And I've often regretted not having the ability or the wherewithal at the time to stand up for myself differently. But those, you know, we expect people to do that. It's always difficult to do that when you're a young person, male or female, in a position where you want to progress in your career and this person has power over you. That's where those dynamics always go wrong, right? Kate, as a producer, right? And help me. I need your help. This is a cry for help because I'm an old school. I'm trying to change with the times and I, I respect. You know, I need your help. If that was true, that he felt that ratings, that he felt that the audience wouldn't support, uh, I don't know what he said, Big Bottom, I'm Jamaican, Big Bottom Gallery. Or right? <laughs> Is it the way he said it? What if it was true? Is it how he said it? How he, like, what, what has she have, what, what can be, what he should have done differently? So he just lied to you and said you just can't get the job? Or was he? Well, that shouldn't have been a criteria in the first place. And like, no, but Gooch is me is, is entertainment. It's just like if somebody is overweight or somebody's too short or somebody's too tall for a role, you don't just give them a person a role if the role is not meant for that. That's what I'm trying to say. It's entertainment. We're talking about broadcasting. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, but it's different. You're not casting a look, right? You're casting an ability. Yeah. Exactly. And so but is it, is it on TV? Um, so, so you don't think Gooch was casted for a look or for who he is or a style uh, when he went on CBS? You don't think that people who get or broadcasters are, are that is put into the equation when they get hired, male or female? No, let's be real. It's a visual medium. So exactly. if you're handsome or interesting looking or whatever, of course, it, it, it makes a difference. And I think probably for women even more so than for men. But I do think that it should be about ability. And I think that's, again, going back to the kind of the media's responsibility. What are you, what, what are you normalizing for the population? Yeah. So for example, that same network actually, now when I think back, I was married at the time and I was married to an Iranian. Actually, no, I'm lying. This is a different German network. This is the second German network. So you was married to somebody else that time. No, no, no. Oh. <laughs> um, but my my last name by marriage was Abdul Majid, which mm. was Iranian. Mm. And they just liked it. They said it was too foreign. And so they said, hey, can we just like keep it short and kind of punchy? Let's just chop off half of it. So that's where Abdo came from. It was the nice. first four letters of mm. my married name. And I, I didn't take huge offense to that. Because, again, you're kind of culturally aware of where you are. Yeah. And Germany, I think, 
didn't have a lot of representation on television, didn't have a lot of international culture, wasn't necessarily accepted the way it is now. But, it, you know, they just felt like, oh, this is going to be tricky for people. Maybe this is going to be alienating for people. And that's where I think media has to do so much better. Things become normal to us that we see on television. So it is normal in society to have different and multicultural last names. And that should be accepted rather than rejected. And whole, let's, let's change your name so it feels more acceptable for the wider population in this country. You know what I mean? Definitely. I agree. And that's why now I'm realizing why it shouldn't care visually what you look like, right? It should just be accepted because all people are different. All people have different shapes. And now I get it, Kate. Thank you for helping me, Kate. I appreciate it. <laughs> that, man, that man switched. Luke, Luke hey, switched I'm his opinion real day, quick. Brother. Huh? <laughs> have, have, have you seen a man switch their opinion that quick? Not, I'm trying to grow, Gooch. I'm trying to be a person who can grow. You know, speaking about growing, right? Let's talk about short Charlie Davies. Now I'm playing. Um, on, on the set with the guys, Charlie, Gooch, mm-hmm. and, uh, and my boy Clint, um, you had a bunch of characters. How was that for you? That was, and we had a whole bunch of talk about this because they would always ask me, who's your favorite crew? Yes. And it, I think like between us, everybody knew that it was the American crew. Uh, but I always felt. But why, awkward. why is that? Why is that? Why was it the? Why was it the American crew? Um, I think they made me feel like part of the team in a mm. in a totally different way. I think you know, there's a there's a real and genuine friendship and bond between that group of guys, and it actually in a way that I had never experienced on set before. And I, you know, it's not that I've been on set and people don't get on, everybody gets on. There's always a good vibe, but just the, the, the level of friendship I think is different, you know? Um, and and it was a lot of fun. You know, I'd never really, I'd never met Clint, I don't think. And I, I really love him. I, I think how real he is, is special. Mo, I knew really well already, and I have a really good friendship with Charlie. I, I had met a couple of times doing bits and pieces here and there. Same with Gooch, and, and Gooch and I had had a friendship. But to be able to work with that group and see what it's like to really work with teammates, essentially, I guess that's what, yeah. what creates that is teammates. The brotherhood. People who can be real with one another, can be rude to one another, can disagree with one another, but still have love for each other. And, and that's beautiful to be part of. And, and I can't leave out Mo. I apologize. You did oh, leave yeah. out Mo, though. Yeah, my fault, my fault, my fault. I was <laughs> um, But let's get into it. I mean, you being such a high professional, who do you think um, did the best as a oh, broadcaster? What kind of question is that? <laughs> you know what I think you need to make a good show is always different characters. And I think that's what was done so well with that CBS show, from my perspective, was putting together a group of different characters Tell us, tell us where, hey, where, hold on. Where, where, place. Huh? Gooch, one more time. You broke up. I said, I, I said, where were the, you said different characters. So what, what were the characters of each of us that we meshed so well together? Oh, Lord. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I mean, Charlie is the one who's willing to kind of play the clown, right? Charlie will dance. He will sing. He will do whatever it is. He's kind of an extrovert, I think I would describe Charlie as. Um... Clint, I think, was wary of television initially. It was new to him, mm. right? And I think he kind of is somebody who works off of trust. Mm. So he needs to know that he feels comfortable with you and you're not going to put him in a bad position and that he's going to be allowed to be authentic. I think that matters hugely to him. Uh, I don't know how to describe that as a character. Um, Gooch is the intellectual on set. 
I made fun of Gooch one time because he brought he brings a calculator to set. He's the only person in with the my pad, life. With the pad with the calculator? <laughs> yeah. Like his mother bought him for the first day of school? I know you never use that calculator. Never. Y'all need... Why would you even? Why would you even? Wow! His wow. mother gave him that for junior 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 high school. Uh, yeah, you never know when you need to do some uh, quick uh, computing. <laughs> That's why we love Gooch, man. He is a one of one. And what? And what about Mo? What about Mo? Mo, how Hollywood. would I describe? Huh? Hollywood? Did you say? Yes, Mo. I call no, him he, Hollywood. No, he wants. He you wants consider to Mo Hollywood. to be high maintenance? Not high maintenance. Mo wants to be in the picture. Mo yeah. from from before Mo when Mo was playing, all he wanted to do is be an actor. He wanted to be in the pitch. He wanted to be in the movies. I call him Hollywood. Yo, I, I was his roommate at Rangers, right? You know what I'm saying? When we uh-huh. on the road, when we had to, you know, stay in concentration, all that nonsense. So this man, and this is this is no bullshit, this is no exaggeration. I am telling you, this man would stand in front of the mirror and practice the Mo show. <laughs> I swear to you, I am not bullshit. It'll be yo, it'll be we we get done eating dinner, right? And it'd be like maybe nine, ten o'clock at night. This dude would turn the light, stand in front of the mirror, and like talk to himself like he was on a movie. Like he was on a movie set. <laughs> I swear. Hey, hey Mo Mo wanted this so he would, bad. Yo, he, so yo, he would rap, he would rap, he would sing. He would do like movie scripts. Yep. I mean, this dude was serious. This is what he wants to be in Hollywood. That's why. He, that's why. That's why we call Hollywood, and and that's why I'm so proud of him because let me tell you something. Um, Turner Sports was terrible, right? As a like, thanks coverage, right? It was terrible, right? <laughs> Gucci's He's, on that uh, show too. Right? Yeah, Gucci was horrible. <laughs> Mo was horrible. I think we were. Yeah. Um, it, it um, was, Steve Nash. We we were my brother. You know, he was horrible, right? But to say all that. Um, Seeing how far Mo has come as a commentator and a broadcaster, I'm so proud of this dude. I think he's, I think he's does a really good job. I think he really came a long way, and he really wants it. And I think now we're looking at him to be the next, like, I hate to say it, not Lexi Lalas, but the mainstay for America, for U.S. soccer, moving mm-hmm. forward for the next ten years. I hope and pray <clears throat> that that continues and he continues to grow. And then Gooch, I think Gooch. Um, starting to crack, he got a chance to practice a lot. And I think once he came on board with you, we had a great. Um, team leader as himself, I think he flourished on camera as well too. I think he's meant for it. He just got to tone down on the big words as much. You know, <laughs> do you know what I think is so important? It's just that a platform or that a network gives you the ability to be yourself, right? And I think that that's something that we all probably found in common at CBS was that was a, a space that we were allowed to be our natural selves. And I think oftentimes TV's a performance. And you you feel obliged whilst everybody wants entertainment. Oh, what you know, everybody wants to see your character, but at the same time, a lot of times producers never really create space for that because it's scary for them, right? Because then you have to leave unplanned time that isn't filled with a feature or a pre-rehearsed conversation or so. So now, as a producer, you're essentially just reacting to what happens live, which. I don't know, but I'm pretty sure can feel a little out of control. Definitely. So I think there's a level of bravery in, in allowing people to do that. But I think it's where you've seen the best of Mo, the best of Gooch, the best the best of me. I feel like that. I feel like I'd never really been given that opportunity to have fun in that wow. way, where that was allowed and to have a laugh and to make fun of people and to talk to people in the same way I would in the green room, which is what everybody always says. Oh, we want it to be just like this in the green room. And then you go on set 
and actually it feels totally different and it's buttoned up and it's, hey, what are you going to say? And, and you go next. And, and then I want you to follow up because you know he's going to say that. So you argue with that. And and that can all feel very contrived. And I think Gooch would attest that that was just something we didn't do. We weren't pre-rehearsing conversations. At times they went left off field, kind of like in a totally different direction. And, and that's where you have those good, genuine moments. Genuine is always best to me. Genuine is always best, definitely. And that's the reason okay, I, I got a genuine question for you since we're on CBS and everything. <clears throat> now everything's over. Did everything's you really over. Think Micah was gonna win. Did you think Micah was gonna win? <laughs> I was. What too you, that? you know that? Um, the, the arm wrestling. Ah. Did I think Mike was gonna? Micah is like. Mo and I were talking about this just the other day because it still burns Mo deep inside. <laughs> he lost his way. Um, Micah is really thick and he's short. And people got into my head and said, oh, there's a whole thing with arm wrestling. You have to, if you're shorter, it's a real advantage. Gooch is too long. It's, it's not going to work to his favor. And I didn't know. I didn't know what to think. And I knew that Micah had been working out hard. Now, I think you're probably somebody who is disciplined like, 365 days a year, you're always working hard. But Micah went, like, Micah did a camp for that one. Oh. Oh, we gotta get Micah on. That's, that's why he's avoiding the podcast. I've tried to hit him up, he's like. <laughs> Micah, oh, Kate, you know for a fact Micah was training for that one? Yeah, he was. He oh, was, in the, was in the gym. He had a personal trainer. I mean, I can't wow. say that he, he that. Didn't, wasn't doing arm wrestling training. But yeah, 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 yeah. I think he, he upped the the bad. schedule with the with his workouts for but sure. But yo, y'all gotta see, y'all gotta look at that clip and look at Kate's surprised face when I won. She it was like she saw a ghost. Her eyes were wide. Her mouth was. I was like, damn, I was like, damn, no face at all. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, you know why I had a surprised look was because it went like this. It started to go. Like he had you kind of, I don't know, like three quarters way down here for you to then get it back. Normally once it gets to here, nobody gets it back. Like you can hold for a second, but you can't get it back. You turned it all the way back around. So yeah, I was shocked. Fair enough. Kate, before you go, I need a Gooch story. I'm here to make fun of Gooch, bees. They make fun of me all the time. (laughs) Give me a Gooch story. story. Let's make fun of Gooch time. Let's just make fun of Gooch hour. I don't think I have a good one. Gooch is controlled. Gooch doesn't do anything foolish. That's the whole point. He he just looks it though sometimes. You know, like he tries. <laughs> He's never let it slip in front of me. Oh, uh, that's good to know. That he represented. That's good to know. Let us know what's next for you, man. I mean, like you, you have such exciting life, right? Like what, what's besides the boxing match you have coming up? Um, what oh, new you projects can, you working on? You realize I have a really boring life. I'm a very boring person. Um. What's next for me work-wise is Champions League going to start again in September. I have a couple of fights then as well. Canelo Triple G, the trilogy fight, which I'm excited for. Um, Another one that's going to be on Fox, which is Luis Ortiz against um, Andy Ruiz. Mm -hmm. That one's going to be here in LA. Uh, I don't really have a whole bunch. I'm doing these podcasts with Amazon at the moment, um, which are boxing, which has been fun. because as you guys know, it's just it's a different experience doing the podcast thing. And it's kind of fun to, to have, I don't know, for me, this is fun to have control over something. So anything we put out on social, anything we edit, I kind of get to have nice. a voice in 
what are we putting out? What what was important to us from that conversation? And usually in my role, you never get that. Someone else makes that decision. Um, so I get to talk about things that I genuinely care about because oftentimes with pro athletes, you get such a limited amount of time that you don't get to ask stuff that's maybe more personal, but everybody has experiences that I think that people relate to, mm-hmm. whether it's, I don't know, grief, mental health. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the conversations that I've had with fighters that I just thought, this is cool because I think it's great when when people who are of profile can share about real struggles that we all go through, especially in this time of social media where you look at everyone else's life and you think, man, they are sailing through life. They're having a great time. And that's so not real sure most of the time. So to be able to kind of have these conversations with people who are influenced talking about whether it was parents who dealt with drug addictions or addiction in their own life or whatever it is. And for someone to somewhere be able to watch that and feel like that speaks to them and maybe it helps them or encourages them is very cool to me. So I'm excited about that. That was a promo and a half. Yes, man. (laughs) Listen, you have a, you have a brand now, right? Obviously. Right. And do I, what's my brand? The Kate Show. No, I don't know. You have a brand, right? Your brand is uh, intelligence. The, be- the best host in, in football, boxing, uh, Ninja yeah, Warrior. Yeah, that's until you have Rebecca Ninja. Lowe on the show. And then you got, you got, we don't know who that is. You got a good, you got a good uh, heel game. <laughs> your outfits are dope. But what is your dream job? Like, what, what do you want to go to next? You want to be next Oprah Winfrey? I mean, Ooh. Howard Stern? I mean, what, what's, do you want to go past sports? That's interesting. I love sports. Um, I don't know that I want to go past it necessarily, but would I like to have kind of a wider sphere? Mm. Maybe. I think the kind of what I was just talking about with the Amazon show that I have is, is probably the direction I would like to go in other than live sports. I think there's something irreplaceable about live sports. There is nothing like being a, a, you know, a champions league final or a big soccer game between Liverpool and United and that kind of energy in the room or in the arena, same with boxing, nothing beats that for me. That's a high. Uh, I don't drink. I don't smoke. That's like, that's my kind of buzz in life. Um, so, I don't want to replace that and I don't want to move away from it. I've never been someone who says sports is my vehicle to get to, I don't know, entertainment tonight or whatever it is. I'm not really interested in that. I'm interested in what I'm interested in, which is sports and and people. And so I would love to do something where I get to give more of a a platform for people to share their story. I I think that's something I'm passionate about and that's something I would love to do, whether that's kind of around sports, because I feel like it makes sense to talk about the things that you understand in life and sports and, and, and athletes feel like an arena I feel comfortable with and where I can relate to people. And so I, I don't, I don't want to leave that behind. I'm happy there, not looking you, to go beyond. You heard it first. Kate is not going into politics. Well, listen, <laughs> no, sir. Kate, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a pleasure thank of you. ours. Uh, thank, thank you so you. much. Fabdo. Fabdo. Fabdo yeah, is her can nickname. we start that? I've been trying to make that catch on. <laughs> Fabdo. On with Gooch, Mo, and a couple of others. That's it. Kate's <laughs> new name is hashtag Fabdo. So. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Kate. I appreciate you all. Good appreciate to see you. Appreciate it, you. Kate. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Bye. There you have it. Mm-mm. One and only, man. But uh, I know, um, again, just want to say thank you for everybody to, uh, for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed our discussion with Kate. 
But um, since he did such a good job last show, I would like to have Demarcus Beasley take us out. I knew you were gonna say that shit. I knew you were gonna say that shit. Yo, I gotta go. So, exactly. like, <laughs> I gotta go. So, hey, y'all, appreciate, appreciate, appreciate y'all listening. I love y'all, but I gotta get the hell out of here. So, love y'all. Peace. Like and subscribe. Peace. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.